Welcome to Finance for Physicians, a show where we empower physicians like you to practice medicine the way you always dreamed you would. This podcast features doctors, physicians, and experts that share one main thing in common. We believe having control of our finances leads to having control of our lives. In a world where doctors' lives are often dictated by our needs to maximize income, pay back massive student loans, and buy homes, many of us give up reaching those goals. But it doesn't have to be this way. If you are ready to learn how financial wellness creates happier doctors and patients, then I'm your guy. I'm your host and financial expert, Daniel Wren. Let's get started. Hey guys, hope you're having a great day. I have been doing a couple shows and I think this will be the second one where we're going to be exploring more of like a specific kind of like a tactical question that often comes up. And this show will be a little bit shorter than our normal shows. It's just going to be me. And I'm going to talk through this question that we regularly see coming up. This one is super common with the families that we work with. And it's it can be a pretty important little topic to, to make sure and understand, especially if you're doing finances completely on your own. I'm going to talk through that quick before I jump into that. I mentioned this in the last show, but I wanted to make sure and mention it again. We're going to be pulling questions from our families that we work with that are regularly coming up. I'll also pull some from like forums and those sorts of places that I am a part of. But even better would be if you guys can email me the questions you have or the topics you're interested in. And I would love to cover those sorts of things that to me would be even better because that's ultimately that's what this is about is we want to make sure and provide value so if you have questions please email those to me my email is daniel at finance for physicians.co.com but co so dot co please email me your questions or topics you'd be interested in covering and we'll start to cover some of those as well so today i wanted to talk about the 457B plan. So there's a good chance a lot of you already have access to a 457B plan. A lot of you may even already be funding these plans. This plan is a little bit different. It's kind of like in the flavor of 401k, 403b, but, but there's a few other pretty important differences that I wanted to point out today. They're typically plans that you see at nonprofit hospitals sometimes or government employers, but I think technically they can be anywhere, but that's usually you're going to see it at the larger hospitals, these 457B plans. So I wanted to talk through basics of what it is and this key distinction, because there's two different flavors of 457B plans, and there's a huge difference between the two of them. So at minimum, I want to make sure and convey what are the differences so you can know like which one of these you have. All right. So 457B plan. First of all, like there's a couple quick snippets I'll share about the plan and what how it works. So it's a work retirement plan. Most of the time it's funded by the employees, but that's not always the case. Technically could be funded by your employer, but most of the time it's funded by the employee. One of the important things about the 457B plan is the contributions are under a different maximum rule. They go in addition to your 403B, 401k limits. So basically you can fund a 401k slash 403b to that max, but you can also separately fund a 457b 
to its max. And so they look at those accounts, they, the IRS, looks at those accounts separately. So you get two buckets to fill up. If you're trying to max these things out, you can max out the 457B bucket, and you can also max out the 401k slash 403B bucket. Those two plans fall under the same limit. So that's an important distinction. The 457B has a separate max, and you can max it out in addition to some of these other plans. And that's that can be a pretty valuable tax shelter. The most important thing is looking at whether, or what flavor, I already mentioned, what flavor of 457B plan you have access to. So there's two flavors. There's the governmental 457B plan and then non-governmental 457B plan. The governmental, obviously, it's, you know, when you're working for an organization that has government funding, a lot of the universities are receiving government funding and therefore have governmental 457B plans and the differences between the two. So before I get into those, the much better version of those two is the governmental 457B plan. So I think that is a really, really good plan if you have access to a governmental 457B plan. And the main reason why is it functions very similarly to how a 401k or a 403b or like other work retirement plans you're used to. It functions very similar to those type of plans in that like you can fund the plan and it's your asset. And if you leave, you have lots of options, like you can move it to an IRA or move it to another 401k or leave it there for a while. The governmental 457b plan functions very similarly to a 403b or 401k plan. They can even allow a Roth option on those governmental 457b plans. And so there's not a lot of baggage, not a lot of like downsides to it. There's even a few upsides to it. I'm not going to get into the details, but basically for the sake of today, governmental 457B plan is basically like an extra tax shelter that's very, very comparable to your 401k slash 403B. And that's a really, really good thing to have access to. So that's the governmental 457B plan. The other flavor is the non-governmental 457B plan. So the non-governmental 457B plan is not nearly as solid as the governmental plan. And the reason, there's a few reasons. The reason, well, reason number one is that it is subject to the hospital's creditors. So what that means basically is if the hospital you work for were to go bankrupt or something or have a major lawsuit that causes creditors to be after them, basically, if they're having financial problems and get into trouble and things go south, in the event that there's like the bankruptcy is the classic example, like they're just like upside down and they're trying to make good on the debts that they owed, this type of plan falls into that calculation of the hospital's assets. So basically, you could lose the money completely if the hospital were to blow up financially. Now, I don't know that that's like common, but it's not impossible. So it's super important. I would say that'd be very, very unpleasant, you know, at minimum, but I don't want it to be a surprise. That's the main thing. So you want to like know that's a thing going into this. So if you have this non-governmental flavor of 457B plan, you need to know that like, it's technically your hospital's asset while you're there and while you're working. Let's take a quick break to hear from our sponsor, Ren Financial Planning. Wanna hear something cool? My team at Ren Financial Planning has consistently told me that the listeners of this podcast are their favorite people to talk to. 
Did you know that you can set up a no-cost triage meeting with one of our amazing CFPs at Marin Financial Planning anytime and talk about your biggest financial questions? We can discuss things like considerations for transitioning into practice, getting the best bang for your buck buying a house, the smartest way to pay off student debt, or tips on maximizing your compensation package. Or maybe you'd love a second set of eyes to help look over your tax return or investment allocations. Maybe you'd just like a general second opinion from your existing advisor. Either way, our role in this meeting will be to listen to your concerns and help you start to identify potential actionable next steps so that you can start to make solid progress addressing those concerns as quickly as possible. Schedule a meeting now. You'll see a link in the show notes. And when you do, make sure to indicate you found us from Finance for Physicians. We look forward to talking to you. Okay, let's get back to our show. So for example, if my hospital was like in rough shape financially, they had some problems, I would be like, oh, that's more of a reason to steer away from that sort of plan. Because, Or if just the idea of that was very concerning, I would be really cautious about funding those, that sort of plan. So there's a few other downsides. Before I mentioned that, I wanted to also say like, I'm sure you're thinking like, how do I know which one of these plans I have? The simplest way is just ask your employer. Hopefully you can find somebody in your benefits office that can tell you one or the other. Like the question is, do I have a 457B plan that's governmental or non-governmental? And hopefully they can say one or the other. If you work with us, just a lot of times we already know, uh, we've already looked into it, but if you're curious, let us know. So another big downside of the 457B plan is that it has very rigid options for like distribution, they call it. So if you leave, if you quit your job early or even in retirement, there's typically very inflexible options. So that really depends. It can vary a lot, but it depends on your specific plan. So the second thing I would want to look into if I'm in this category, I would want to know like, what are my options if I were to leave early or terminate employment? Or what are my options if I retire? So typically with these non-governmental plans, it's like something along the lines of, I guess the worst or the least flexible I've seen is where it's like, if you leave, you got to take all of it out. In other words, you got to take it all as income. That's like the least flexible, least appealing, I guess. And I've seen it set up that way. And that's a problem because you're typically going to a new job and you're going to continue earning income. And so this ends up being like an income spike on top of the income you're already earning. And that when you make more income on top of what you're already earning, that's the classic thing will push you up into higher tax brackets. So it can become kind of like a tax bomb that gets created just because they force you to take it out. So that's kind of like the worst case scenario. In all scenarios, you're not going to be able to roll them into like a IRA or a 401k like you normally would with a work retirement plan. You don't have those options are out of play. So, you know, you're either going to have to leave it there or distribute it like I just talked about, or you can sometimes move it to a similar non-governmental 457B plan and do a transfer that way. So distribution options are really important. That's the second biggest downside. So you wanna know like what happens if you leave early or even if you retire, like what are those options? Now, sometimes they're not quite as bad. Maybe they'll say like you can delay getting the money till retirement and then you can spread it out over a long period of time. That's the most appealing is if they allow you to leave the money in there and not receive it until retirement. That's much more preferred. So deciding on that plan, let's say you have the governmental 457B plan. I would just look at it just like 
a 401k. It's almost like a slightly better 401k. And so it's generally speaking, like a really good thing to fund and it's good tax shelter and a great thing to max out if you need to save for retirement. That's pretty straightforward. Now the non-governmental plan, I think the question is like, where do you sit on the spectrum of like feelings about the subject to creditors, like the part that your hospital owns it, and then the distribution options being super weak. If you, for instance, work for a very super secure hospital that's solid financially, and the distribution options are really flexible, and you're probably going to work there till you retire, it might not be the worst thing to do. I mean, you still get to put it into the plan with pre-tax dollars. So there is still good tax benefits associated with it. On the other hand, if you're working for a hospital that's not very secure financially, and you're probably going to leave after a few years and go to a different hospital that's going to continue to pay you, and there's very weak distribution options in that instance, like let's say they make you take it all out at once, I would be very hesitant to fund that sort of plan. So that's the 457B plan. Hope that's been helpful. Please let us know, like I said, other topics you want to cover. If you have questions, even this particular topic, feel free to email me and we would love to help. You've been listening to Finance for Physicians. To make sure that you never miss an episode, subscribe to our show in your favorite podcast player. On this show, we believe that when you prioritize your finances, you take better care of yourself, have more fulfilling relationships with your families, and most importantly, provide higher quality care for your patients. If you feel this way too and want to learn more, then make sure to join our community. Follow the Finance for Physicians Facebook group for bonus content and sneak peeks on next week's episode. Thanks for listening.